Welcome to Trojan Talk, episode 50. We're back. It's a new school year, and I'm not Zach Taranko. I'm taking over in the host chair Who this are year. You? Um, Zach has moved on. He's at, in his first semester at Quinnipiac University, and we are joined uh, just like last year with Josh Pulsifer, and for the first time on the Trojan Talk desk, Troy Bulldock. How's it going today, boys? Good, good. Glad to be here. Excited for this season of Trojan Talk. It's going to be going to be a good one yeah i think uh we got some good changes in store uh different crew here a little different rotation on the chairs but uh we're moving forward here with episode 50 we have a lot to talk to today as the fall sports season here at ta is in full swing every team has started their regular season had a couple of games already um, we'll talk about football starting up uh the chiefs and the lions opened the season up last night we'll talk about that later uh college football had a big weekend as well but before we start with any of the fall sports stuff i just want to recap the summer really quick i want to go uh one by one and just point out one storyline or one thing that happened over the summer that you would like to highlight so Troy what do you got so I'd like to highlight the NBA offseason I think it was an interesting offseason and there were some big moves here uh Bradley Beal traded to the Suns is probably one of the bigger ones uh they have a pretty solid starting five they could they could be a force to be reckoned with in the west no question CP3 got traded to Cole's beloved Warriors I don't know how I feel about that one I think you know I don't know exactly how Steph Curry and Chris Paul are going to mesh. It seems like kind of an interesting mm. thing. I know Cole never really liked Jordan Poole, so he probably wasn't too upset to see him yeah. go. I think Cole was celebrating when Poole got traded. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then, yeah, the Celtics traded for Porzingis. Yeah. That should be, you know, I, I like I'm that. excited for that. I, I think like he'll that. be good. Uh, I'm upset that they lost Marcus. I love Marcus Smart, but. Yeah, I mean, I like Marcus as a person, I guess, right. but like, we didn't get any results, right? No, we, we got couldn't to the win. Finals, we couldn't get we over the win, edge. So. Maybe Porzingis will help him do that. And then, of course, Victor Webanyama getting drafted, mm. apparently getting hype. I, I, at this point, if Victor Webanyama isn't like a top five player, mm. he's probably he's probably like falling short of expectations <laughs> with how much the media has been hyping him up. He's just so skinny and tall. I, I just don't know if he has, like, the longevity for, like, uh, you know, I know no one plays 82 games in the NBA, let's be honest, but it's, like, over, like, a 10-, 15-year career. Like, I just don't know if he can, you know, stand up to that. I, I don't know. Maybe I hope he proves us wrong, though, because if he does, like you said, Troy, he's going to be, like, a generational talent. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, guys, uh, real quick, uh, you know, I thought about just – I'm a baseball guy, so I'll talk about that real quick. Um, you know, just kind of the state of MLB. Uh, there was a lot of changes in the spring when we first started Trojan Talk, and we talked about, you know, different types of, you know, pace of game was a big one, and, like, umpiring in general. Um, you know, just one of the things I saw watching a lot of baseball this summer was the games were a little quicker, but one thing I did notice then that was a detriment was the umpiring was worse. <laughs> so I don't know if that's because they were trying to speed things up and they're just trying to, like, get through the games and, like, call things that are not strikes, call them strikes just to move things along. That's kind of my prevalent theory, uh, expanding the strike zone without actually saying it. Uh, but I thought overall there was some issues, of course, with the umpiring, and, you know, I think it's going to lead to eventually uh, these robot umpires, uh, basically computers making the calls, and then the umpire, uh, much like the uh, pitch comms that we have now with catchers and pitchers, where they can just like basically press a button and hear the pitch. Uh, I think that's what's going to happen with the umpire. He's going to hear in his earpiece, was that a ball or a strike, and then just simply signal it. So I think baseball's up for a really radical change here in the next five years. And so I think we kind of started to see the beginning of that this year. And uh, that's one storyline I'm definitely watching uh, with a lot of interest. Yeah, that'll be interesting to see. They've been working that up through the minors mm-hmm. as well. And I mm-hmm. think it's only a matter of time before it gets to the big leagues. I wanted to hi- highlight Cooper Flagg, who is, is, of course, the basketball player mm-hmm. from Newport, Maine, and started the summer as 
not really a nationally known name. Like if you were a big high school or college basketball fan, you knew who he was. And right. if you're from the state of Maine, you of course knew who he was. But he blew up over the summer, played in the Peach Jam tournament, took his Maine United team all the way to the Peach Jam final, mm -hmm. um, even got a win in that tournament uh, at one point against the Boozer Twins, mm -hmm. who are him and Cameron Boozer are kind of one, one and two in their class. Um, and Cooper Flag just dominated that tournament, basically averaged a triple-double. Mm. Like had double digit blocks in multiple games, which is just insane. He was a machine in that tournament. Uh, video of him uh, meeting LeBron James circulated, which was pretty mm -hmm. cool. He went to Steph Curry's camp a couple of weeks ago. Then also a couple of weeks ago, he reclassed to the class of 2024. Reclassed up. Usually you don't see that. Usually they're going a year back. So uh, that was pretty cool to see that he's going to be in the NBA even sooner. And we'll see it. I think it's be probably between Duke and UConn now as to where he goes for college. Pretty sure it'll be Duke, but. Uh, we'll see if Coach Hurley can snag Cooper Flag for UConn and maybe get him back to um, New England, or maybe he goes to UMaine. But let's be honest, that's UMaine. Oh, okay, come on. <laughs> <laughs> it is cool though. A, a kid from Maine, kind of blowing up. It's pretty cool. Like yeah. he's not even just like the best player like in the U.S. Like they're saying like he is the number one prospect now in 2024, crazy. like in the world. Like that's yeah. unbelievable. We've never obviously had anything like this in Maine. So kudos to him and there's a possibility we have two players on nba rosters for maine mm -hmm. in the next couple of years with jp estrella who is a freshman at tennessee now uh, so now we'll move on into some ta fall sports discussion and some updates for you i want to start with the football team who uh big expectations as always for them they just reload every year and have a great team but they did lose their opener to portland 35 to 28 uh, we broadcasted that game on ta tv myself and troy uh uh, you're an assistant coach, Mr. Pulsifer, mm -hmm. so I want to get your thoughts as well. But, Troy, first off, what went wrong in that game, and how did they move on this week in a big test against Oxford Hills in yet another state championship rematch? Well, when you watch that game, there was a lot of penalties, a lot of false starts. So they're going to have to clean that up. The offensive line is going to have to get dialed in uh, with the timing of everything and, you know, buying Wyatt Benoit some time. And I liked the running from both uh, Marcelo and uh, – and Connor before he got hurt. I know Connor actually just had surgery. Connor Ayub, the sophomore, had surgery like yesterday, like a broken collarbone or something like that. So hopefully he'll heal soon. But um, but yeah, it's going to be cleaning up the penalties is probably one of the biggest things. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, one thing, like you said, perfectly cool at the beginning of this segment was, you know, TA football is always expected to compete for a state title. And certainly that's the expectation within the program. Obviously, again, I'm a little biased, but... <laughs> Um, you know, I, we replaced a lot of starters, though, from last year's team that made it to the state championship. Um, I mean, if you think about it, you know, uh, Wyatt didn't even play last year. Um, and you have two sophomore running backs in the backfield. That is uh, a very unique situation that we yeah. have not had here at TA in quite some time with that little amount of experience in the backfield. Um, couple that with basically all new wideouts. The only returning wideout is Xander Cantera. Um, you've got a lot of new guys trying to learn a system uh, on offense. Um, they still put up 28 points, though, which was yeah. good. Uh, defensively, uh, obviously, you don't want to let up 35. Uh, last year, we didn't let up 35 in a single game. Uh, so that was a little, uh, you know, disappointing to say. Uh, so we got to clean some stuff up there. And I'm sure we will. And, uh, you know, big test tonight in Oxford Hills. That place is going to be rocking tonight. Uh, they always bring a great crowd. Uh, Friday night lights there. It's going to be warm. It's going to be muggy on the grass there. Tough environment. So uh, definitely a good early season test for us tonight, and we'll see what happens. It's similar to last year where you had two of your toughest games right at the beginning of the season, and what a, a start. Portland, Oxford Hills, and Bonnie Eagle. Those are maybe the three best teams that you'll see all year. Of mm -hmm. course, there's Levitt and Bedford in there as well. Wyndham, too, week four. Wyndham, they're they're yeah. good, too. So a very, yeah. very tough, tough start to the season, uh, and a couple teams rising 
passing from Class B to Class A this year just makes the schedule even tougher. But when the game is so close like that, the margin for error really shrinks, and you mm-hmm. start to think about those individual moments and plays that if that had gone TA's way, it could have reshaped the entire game and uh, shifted the whole outcome. Uh, just some penalties, um, you know, jumping off sides that gave Portland – kind of third and short situations mm-hmm. when they were in third and long. Mm-hmm. And then I had never seen a team be so fortunate on third and long. And that's why I think TA will win if these two teams play again, which would be in a state championship, just because Portland, I don't want to say they got lucky, but the amount of third and longs that they converted was pretty absurd. And I think um, TA's weak- weakness this year is kind of game-breaking speed, which you saw from Regan Buck, who was able to get into the secondary a couple of times and scored the game-winning touchdown. I don't know if Oxford Hills has anybody with that speed. They've got a lot of power with uh, Brady Truman at quarterback who Mm -hmm. played well against TA last year. They have um, Jake Carson and then Mm -hmm. Holden Shaw as well. He's a tight end, right? Yeah. Okay. So they've got a lot of big guys, but I don't know if they have the speed of Portland. I think TA will win tonight and uh, get it to one and one on the season, but it's a a big test uh, early on to try and not follow 0-2. Some more updates for you. Boys soccer uh, opened up their season with a 5 nothing loss to South Portland and then another loss to Chevris yesterday. So we'll see if they can turn it around still early in the season. Girls soccer opened up with a 3-1 to win at Portland at Fitzpatrick Stadium last week. They play Falmouth under the lights at home uh, tonight. Field hockey won their opener at Bonnie Eagle, three uh, nothing. Uh, they have a new head coach this year, Lexi Carter, who was able to get her first win. And then under the lights last night at Hill Stadium, they lost one to nothing in Biddeford, which mm. I know Troy and I were at that game. It's a very interesting game. Uh, Biddeford basically had the ball the entire second half and did not score, but they kept TA from scoring, mm. so uh, they were able to sneak out a win there. Uh, volleyball is 2-0 and with wins over Noble and Westbrook. And the golf team, which me and Troy are on, we are 3-0. and A big win on the road versus Greeley at Valhalla yesterday. Congrats, guys. Thank yes, you. Sir. Came in thinking we were playing the front nine. We had prepared for the front nine, had a big <laughs> meeting about it. And then at the last second, oh, we're playing the back nine. But we were stable, still able to win. So that was good. Uh, let's talk about the NFL. The Chiefs and the Lions opened up the season last mm. night with the Lions sneaking out a 21-20 to victory over Kansas City. Of course, the Chiefs missing Travis Kelsey and Chris Jones. You see Chris Jones was sitting in a, in a, a box. <laughs> yeah, that was That's crazy. It's just though. unbelievable. It's like, I mean, that's a whole other segment we could yeah, get yeah. into, but it's like, you know, athletes not playing out their contracts that they agree to. It's yeah. like, and I get the other side. They can say, like, well, they could cut us at any time, but. I don't know. It's gotta be so, <laughs> it's that's got to be so it's weird so frustrating. sitting up there and watching your teammates while you're sitting in a box. But, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Troy, I want to ask you uh, your thoughts on the Chiefs and Lions game. I don't know if you got to catch any of it. Um, I know I was able to watch the highlights. Um, and then I want to ask you, what is the most exciting week one game to open up this NFL season? Yeah, so I did watch the second half. I was at the field hockey game, so I missed the first half. But I watched the second half. And uh, let's just say the Chiefs are in trouble. They are in big trouble. The receiving core looked absolutely horrible. Kadarius Toney looked like he shouldn't even be in the league anymore, if I'm being honest. He looked absolutely pathetic. I have him on my fantasy team. Oh, On wow. my bench. On my bench. Okay, all right. But honestly, I was considering cutting him after that. He, I mean, between the one that was, like, right in his hands and it went, like, bounced off his fingertips and yeah, got were a few. intercepted mm-hmm. for a pick six and then... There was like a critical one, a long one on like the la- what would have been probably their yep, last and drive, forth, and giving yep. them a chance to potentially either take the lead or whatever with mm-hmm. not that much time left. Right in his friggin' bread basket and just dropped it. I mean, mm-hmm. 
to Tony absolutely sucked. <laughs> he was not good at all. They definitely missed Travis Kelsey and Chris Jones. So yeah. they're in trouble if they don't get both of those guys back. I'd say, you know, for as bad as Tony played, and it was historically bad, I think, uh, you know, he's going to probably go up from here. Right? Oh, yeah. So that's his worst game of absolutely. the year. And they only lost by one. And again, I, I give the Lions credit. They're, they're a good team. Like, they're going to be a playoff team this year. And I know that sounds kind of crazy talking about the Lions <laughs> and that type of conversation. Uh, but since they started one and six last year, like, they are like one of the hottest teams in the NFL. Um, you know, they finished up last year nine and eight. Um, then they went on the road against the defending champs, you know, in their house when they unveiled the Super Bowl banner, and then they go out and beat them in front of the whole country. Uh, they went for a fake punt. Did you see that in the first quarter? Yeah, first, I did. Actually. On, like, on I like their that. 17 yard line, like I couldn't believe that. And you know what? I guess you know, you know, Coach Campbell there is just trying to instill that you know grit mentality that they have there in Detroit. Uh, but you know what? Hey, the players rally for him. You know, I, it's crazy to see. I, I didn't think he was going to be this good of a head coach like I watched hard knocks last year on HBO when they had the Lions and I was like this is a joke like they're going to be under 500 he's going to get fired players aren't going to lose interest but hey they they like them it's it's a great thing they got going there so good for them um I think the Chiefs are going to be fine um you know I think Mahomes just understands how to play quarterback in the NFL in terms of just you know long make the play longer right just widen it out you know just don't get too many shots he took a few shots last night which i thought was a little uncharacteristic of him but um you know he just creates plays and you know flags are great things right flags are offensive plays right 40 yard flag is a 40 yard flag that's 40 yards of offense so i think he's good at that they've got that down so i think the chiefs will be just fine they'll probably end up being you know probably 13 and four this year yeah kansas city's offense did look out of sorts last night but i don't think they're in in trouble no uh they'll get kelsey back hopefully pretty soon hopefully his knee is okay and um i mean the other guys can step up at times. I mean, think about the Super Bowl. Kadarius Tony did catch a touchdown. Right. Uh, Sky Moore, the rookie, had a mm -hmm. touchdown. They have another rookie this year, Rasheed Rice, who had uh, the first touchdown of the game, I believe, last night. Um, and for the Lions, I mean, they're an offense that has a lot of firepower. Jared Goff can just do his job. They have Jameer mm -hmm. Gibbs in the backfield now. Amon Ross St. Brown is really putting his name mm -hmm. into that top 10 receiver in the NFL Absolutely. conversation. Uh, it's just, can they be more balanced? They had one of the worst defenses in the league last year. So if Aiden Hutchinson and uh, can help that side of the ball for them and they can be uh, just a better than average defense, they could make a deep run in the playoffs and actually be contenders with how not weak the NFC, the NFC is, but it's a lot weaker than the AFC for sure. Um, so most exciting week one game this week. Of course, you start to look at the Jets and the Bills with Aaron Rodgers mm -hmm. making his debut mm -hmm. in New York, taking on Josh Allen in Buffalo. Um, but I look at a, a matchup like Browns-Bengals, I think is going to be a really good one with a lot of storylines. Burrow coming off of the injury. The Bengals are obviously expected to be one of the best teams in the NFL. Yep. And then the Browns, I think, are a complete mystery this year. Deshaun Watson looked terrible in the time that he came back last year. Mm -hmm. um, but I want to see if he can turn it around with a full offseason to prepare and actually starting week one this year. Uh, no suspension. And... Um, what does he do with those weapons with Nick Chubb, one of the best offensive lines in the NFL with Amari Cooper? I think the Browns are maybe, along with the Packers, two of the biggest mysteries in the NFL this year. Yep. So that's my kind of underrated pick for a week one matchup. Troy, what do you think? So, I mean, obviously, personally, I'm most excited <laughs> for Patriots-Eagles. Yeah. But if I'm not, if I'm going to try and be unbiased here, I think Dolphins-Chargers could be an interesting mm -hmm. one, too. Yep. Obviously, elite receiving core in Miami with Waddle and Hill. And then the Chargers have a bunch of good receivers as well. You know, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams. They just dra drafted uh, Quinton Johnston. Mm -hmm. um, so, and obviously Herbert versus um, 
Tua, who are in the same draft class. I think that one will be an interesting one. Both offenses should be should be very good. So that could be a high scoring game. Two that just really caught my eye real quick, besides Patriots Eagles, which I'm going to. I'm very excited for. Oh, you're uh, going to the game? I'm going to the game. Wow. Of course I am. I'm jealous. We might even have a, a guest appearance uh, on Monday from a certain former oh, Trojan right. Talk host here at TA. He, uh, he went to the Brady. You went to the Brady uh, return game. Oh yeah, I went to the Brady Pats Bucks game in two, 2021, and then uh, we're gonna go welcome Tom back again on nice. Sunday. You know, nice. um, <laughs> make a nice little Sunday out of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Um, two games I'm really excited for though. Um, the Redemption Bowl, I'm calling it to myself. It's the Va- uh, Raiders. I almost said Oakland uh, Raiders and the Broncos. I want to see if those teams can bounce mm. back after last year. Just like seemed just like complete disarray. You know, there was a lot of high expectations last year for both and just kind of fell flat. So I'm very interested to see what that's going to look like. Um, I think both teams are going to be markedly improved this year. So that AFC West might be a little bit more interesting, not just, of course, the Chiefs. Um, and then the second game I like, too, I was just like love an old NFC East battle with Dallas and New York on yeah. Sunday night football. So I'm interested to see where those teams kind of stack up. Um, can New York replicate that same success that they had last year? year and can dallas really get over the hump and stop being this like you know kind of mediocre team in the nfc and can they really start become contenders true contenders with dak prescott so those two make it interesting to me but of course my heart's still in new england i'm very excited for that halftime with tom brady Mm. let's talk about the patriots so this team brings in bill o'brien at offensive coordinator last year replacing the matt patricia joe judge situation that they had Mm. going on which obviously is going to be an improvement no no matter how you stack it up Mm -hmm. um I think Mac Jones can return to kind of what he was in 2021 under Bill O'Brien. He's got some good depth at the running back position. The receivers are obviously not great, but I think that um, they can get Mac in play action a lot and Mm -hmm. get him a lot better looks than what he had last year um, and really just get his confidence back because he was a good NFL quarterback in 2021, and last year everything just kind of fell apart for them. And then the Patriots sneakily had a top 10 defense last year. Like their defense is always good. And then they draft Christian Gonzalez. They draft Keon White in the second mm-hmm. round. I think mm-hmm. they made some very good additions to this defense. Um, they're obviously not like contenders in any way because they just don't really have that upside. But I think the Patriots are almost guaranteed for improvement. And even might they might have the same record, but at least the way that the games are going to go and how the team's going to function, I think that it's going to be an improvement from last year. And I say same record because the AFC East is so tough and the entire AFC is so difficult. So it mm-hmm. might be tough to actually show it in the wins column, but I think the team itself, the roster itself, will be better this year. Um, and they play the Eagles week, week one. Nobody's expecting them to win. Who knows what happens, you know, everyone's pumped up tom brady's back in the building um i just feel so bad for mac jones <laughs> it's like yeah. it's like everyone is going to that game just to see tom brady a guy who's not even playing <laughs> yeah bill belichick broke up with his girlfriend so you know he's <laughs> yeah. he's he's been in the office this all is the revenge long. bowl yeah exactly <laughs> grinding film exactly. he's been doing nothing else patriots by a million I wow. like it. I, I like it. it. I like it too. I hope that happens. Gosh, um, you know, speaking real quick about the Patriots just on their season, it's like they they statistically have the hardest schedule in the NFL this year, mm-hmm. and that just cannot go understated. The whole AFC East has like the toughest schedule yeah. in the NFL. Their their matchups for their inner division stuff is just crazy this year. So they're gonna have a tough road. Um, like you said, maybe replicating that record, you know, eight nine, like. That might be a success at this point because they do have a tough schedule. And, again, it's going to be – there's no off weeks this year for them. It's going to be a real grind. Um, and they have to go to Germany. You know, you, you have to factor that in, yeah. too. It's like they're losing a home game to go to Germany. You don't know what that's going to do to travel just mentally to those guys, physically. It's it's going to be a very interesting season. But I like 
obviously Bill O'Brien coming back. I think that's the huge piece. That was the biggest offseason addition they made besides the draft picks. Just having some type of cognizant offensive mind in the building and it's not going to have to be like, oh, we're coordinating this. We'll make it work. It's like, no, you have someone who knows what they're doing. So I think that will just instill some confidence in the players. And I don't worry about the preseason results at all because they didn't really play anyone. They're not showing their cards yet. So I think Sunday afternoon will be a really interesting experience to see, like, what does the Bill O'Brien offense look like in 2023? I could honestly spend this entire podcast talking about last season and the Patriots <laughs> and how much I dislike Matt Patricia. Um, I knew everyone knew that it was honestly a terrible decision to put Matt Patricia and Joe Judge in charge of the offense. I'm not quite sure what Bill was doing there, um, and it absolutely blew up in their faces. Patricia proved that. I mean, he wasn't even – he was a defensive coordinator, and honestly, he was like mid at that. He was horrible as an offense – or as a head coach, and then he comes in and does this offense. Oh, let's put him on the other side of the ball. And that almost put some people out of the league, and he probably borderline put himself out of the league. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I could go on forever talking about – Sounds like you have some thoughts built up about this. I know, <laughs> I do, I do. Some pent-up frustration from last year. Um, but, yes, I totally agree with you. The biggest offseason addition was definitely Bill O'Brien. Mm-hmm. Having an actual, like, competent offensive coordinator I think will go a really long way in the, in the overall offense and Mac Jones specifically. Mm-hmm. Uh, I liked uh, bringing in Juju. I do like Jacoby, so it was like, oh, tough to kind of whatever. I actually but prefer we kept Jacoby. I, I, I actually do too. He's already in the system. Mm-hmm. He's a guy that we kind of brought up undrafted. Mm-hmm. But whatever, Juju will be solid. I like Gusecki. Jonu stinks. Get him out. Glad we got Gusecki in there. Mm-hmm. Aguilar, he's gone. That's great. We had a lot of addition by subtraction yes. this offseason. Yes. So, and then I agree. the The draft I think went well. Um, what do you guys think about Zeke? I Can I you say Zeke. I don't mind Zeke. <laughs> nice, I don't nice mind Zeke. Back. Yeah, I think he'll. Yeah. They had solid depth it. piece. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he'll help in the blocking. Aspect of yes, like he's gonna be, he's, he's their third down goal line back. Yeah, he's, little, he's like a yep. offensive lineman in the backfield. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> um, but yeah, I'm very excited for this season. I've been looking forward to it, and Sunday can't come any sooner. But uh, but specifically the Patriots Eagles, uh, it would be kind of crazy for me to really say that I think the Patriots will win. So it seems like the Eagles will probably win, but I think it will be a closer game than many people think. And I think we'll see a lot of improvement from the Patriots, specifically on offense. Eagles, yeah. Eagles by ten. <laughs> you never know. Super Bowl hangover. Tom Brady's in the building. Yeah, I got. I got the Patriots winning. Why not? Probably won't. Won't happen though. No. Who do they? Who do they? Who do they have week two? Patriots. Oh man. Um, we'll have to see. Hopefully, let me pull pull it up right here. Uh, they've got. They got. They have the Dolphins at home. Okay. And then they have to go to the Jets. Yeah. And they so have to go to Dallas. It's like <laughs> it just. And the Jets, who used to be an automatic. When you never know. Yeah, I think Patriots will split with Dolphins and the Jets, and probably lose both to the Bills this year. Mm. Um, so I think the Bills actually are kind of like a post-hype sleeper. They were the Super Bowl favorites last year, I think, and um, this year they're kind of you know everybody has the Chiefs and the Bengals ahead of them. Yep. I think the Bills could sneak up on a lot of people, sure and could. I think Josh Allen gets slightly too much hate. I know he hasn't really gotten it done in the playoffs, but uh, watch out for them this year. Now let's move on to college football and a huge win for the Colorado Buffaloes mm. and Deion Sanders. Coach Prime is now 1-0 and in the Pac-12, beating TCU, who was in the national championship last year. Um, 
just want to ask you, what does this win kind of mean for the sport of college football as Dion basically, you know, a bunch of transfers on his team, mm -hmm. kicked a bunch of people out, got a bunch of people in. Shador Sanders, his son playing quarterback, threw for over 500 yards and four touchdowns, a school record. Travis Hunter coming over from Jackson State. Mm -hmm. um, this, I think this win was a long time in the making, but what do you think this means for college football overall? To me, it means that all the other ADs that didn't push harder to get Dion there now look like they have egg on their face because yeah. – I mean, it, this is kind of my equivalent to the Dan Campbell of the NFL. It's like I don't I'm not calling Dan Campbell like an NFL head coach genius. I think there's obviously some smarter head coaches out there, but the guys play for him. Yeah. And, and that's what Dion is, too. It's like I don't think Dion's out there orchestrating all the X's and O's himself. He obviously has a good staff around him, but they rally around Dion and they love him. and They want to be there. That's how you get, you know, 53, 63 transfers, transfers, whatever it was. Um, it's a remarkable win. I watched that entire game from start to finish on Saturday. And I was just I was just sitting there like with a smile on my face the whole time. I was like, this is what college football is all about. You know, you just got a crazy shootout in Texas. You know, it's like 100 degrees out there. Like you got these guys going nuts. You know, Travis Hunter played over 100 snaps like that was crazy easy to watch in real time um it, it was just so much fun to watch and that's what i love about college football is like you just never know what's going to happen you got these crazy shootouts sometimes and uh you know good for, good for the eagles you know good uh eagles buff uh what are they buffaloes buffaloes, buffaloes <laughs> eagles. i'm still thinking about the Sunday. yeah yeah um but again good for them it, it was a fun game to watch and i'm super excited they've got a home game on saturday against nebraska right. so now yeah. you've got another blue chip program coming in there so uh that's gonna be a wild atmosphere up in Colorado. And two straight games when uh, two straight games on national TV mm -hmm. that uh, oh, yeah. noon slot with Gus Johnson calling the game. Oh, that I always, love that Gus Johnson. Makes it a love Gus Johnson. Better. Troy, I know you're uh, an Oklahoma fan in college football. Not really a big Oklahoma fan, but that is the team that you like. What sure. are your thoughts on the college football landscape this year? Um, how do you think? Do you think Georgia will three peat, or do you think somebody else will take the crown from them? Um, I mean, they could. There's no reason why they couldn't three-peat. I mean, they destroyed TCU so bad they lost to Colorado. <laughs> I mean, Colorado, I'm not saying anything bad about Colorado. Uh, just adding to what we, you were kind of saying, mm -hmm. yeah, like the team, it really speaks to the team culture. Yeah. I mean, like the fact that they were able to go out there and do what they did is impressive. And as you mentioned, Travis Hunter is that guy. Um, but He's yeah. him, according to Dion, right? He's yeah, him. that's right. That's right. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, it's obviously – I think this would be the second time ever if Georgia was able to three-peat. So, obviously, that's probably you know going to be very difficult to do, but I think it's possible. Uh, I think they can do it. Yeah. I agree. I, I mean, they have a super easy schedule. Mm -hmm. Like, look at their – I mean, it's a cupcake schedule. They've got Tennessee, I think, is one of their toughest games. I don't know who else they have, but they play in that uh, SEC East, which mm -hmm. it doesn't have you know Alabama and some of those teams in it. Um, Michigan and Ohio State is obviously going to be the game of the year. That's probably my favorite football game that I'm looking forward to this year, other than like the Super Bowl. Yep. That game is always just amazing, and we'll see if Jim Harbaugh can actually win a playoff game this year. And Penn State is in the mix in the the Big Ten East as well. Um, so I think college football will be really, really exciting this year. Last year with the four-team playoff until we shift to 12 teams next year. I can't um, wait for that. That's going to be awesome. Yeah. Clemson dropped their first game to Duke. They are 0-1 now. Dabo and his team are not in a great spot right out of they the gate. They did gates. not look good. I watched yeah. that game, too. No. That was bad. Three touchdown loss. That, mm. that is not good for your college football playoff playoff hopes they'll probably have to win out and with how good florida state is florida state is easily the best mm -hmm. team in the acc now um and really looking at i mean it's way too early to talk about this but they could definitely be in the playoff this year with jordan travis and heisman contention um we'll see if caleb williams can win another one too mm -hmm. so um 
college football is going to be awesome this year as always uh we're going to wrap this up here any final thoughts for either you two any other predictions you didn't want to you didn't say yet that you want to make or hmm give me one like what's your what's your lock of the week for the nfl so if you had to pick one matchup this weekend lock of the week lock of the week give us one lock of the week um I I can start it too since I I'm gonna, suggested it. Uh, go ahead. I mean, I'll you got one. I'll go with the Ravens. They had some nice additions this offseason, boosted the receiving core with mm-hmm. Odell Beckham Jr., Zay Flowers, brought in Georgia's offensive coordinator. Actually, I really like what they did this offseason. They're going up against CJ Stroud and the Texans, who I think the Texans will yeah. be better this year, but still not They're that not good. They're not there. So um, that's probably the All one right. game that I look at as a loss. I'm going to take the Chargers over the Dolphins, games in L.A. I hope that happens. Yeah, I do too. I just, I don't know. I don't, I don't believe in Miami this year I just I think they're a little overhyped still so I'm going to take the Chargers I think the Jets are a little overhyped too Mm. I mean I've seen this isn't necessarily like a lock or anything but I've seen many reports from different people and I was watching get up like a week ago and the entire group on get up they're picking who is going to win the AFC East and the entire group chose the Jets. Mm. Yeah, the, they didn't. Yeah. No, nobody even took like the Bills yeah, like, or the Dolphins. I mean, I wouldn't pick the Dolphins, but the Bills. Nobody took the Bills. Mm. Everybody's going with the Jets. So that seems to be like. I mean, I if, think they're a little overrated too. If you watch ESPN, they're just obsessed with oh, the yeah. Jets and Aaron Rodgers. I mean, I have Spectrum, so right now I don't have ESPN, which is yeah. terrible for watching college football. Uh, but my it also, YouTube TV's been great. Yeah, <laughs> I know. But but it saves me from all of the Jets hype that ESPN just loves, and I I, I hope the Bills win so uh, they can stop talking mm-hmm. about the Jets for once. But that's going to wrap it up here on Trojan Talk. We'll try to have weekly episodes of this, get some interviews in here with Thornton Academy ath- athletes from all different uh, sports. It's going to be a really exciting year with this podcast, and we will see you next time on Trojan Talk. Have a great day, everybody.